G'day, thanks for joining us here at Once When I Was Cool, a weekly podcast that looks at nostalgia and all the things that were great when we were younger. Uh, there's 700,000 podcasts out there and ours is just another one of them. Uh, my name is Dave. I am coming to you live from the Pineapple Studios and joining me across the internet because we still haven't managed to get it back in the same room together to record is Wee. How are you, Wee? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, same old, same old up here in sunny... Uh Sunny Queensland, it's uh, been raining monstrous and buckets, monstrous buckets actually. So, uh, yeah, no, going well. Uh, still in the uh, throes of COVID. Uh, oh, well, at the end, of, sort of towards the end really, aren't we? Oh, well, at the end of this wave, I think it's going to happen again, the way everything's going. Well, I do too. I was just telling everyone at work the other day um, they need to go and watch uh, I Am Legend and World War Z and see how the zombie apocalypse started. And it's pretty much on par with what's going on at the moment. Righto. Okay. And it's always funny. I think we mentioned in a, in another podcast that you, you see all these people who think that uh, they, they do all their prepping for zombie apocalypses like they're going to be the ones that survive. I have no doubt that uh, you and I'll just be the fodder, mate. We'll go in the first wave. Oh, look, I think I could do one or two things, try and outrun it, which I'm too lazy for that. I'll channel my um, spirit animal, the three-toed sloth. And, <laughs> and hang and, out from a tree. And hang from a tree. And, uh, well, the other thing is uh, I'd just rather go early so I get the joys of taking down a few people that I, I, I think need taken down. <laughs> You're going to just pretend to be a, to be a zombie, are you? Yeah. Anyway, enough of this nerd talk. Mate, I've just been uh, sort of trawling through the news and uh, I missed it when it happened. Of course, it's been a few few weeks ago now, but uh, I was I was I saw the uh, the death of uh, Alex Trebek and Alex Trebek was a Canadian game show host, well, a Canadian game show host in America in an American game show. Um and it was the host of Jeopardy. Did you ever watch Jeopardy? Look, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I, you know, you always see uh uh, bits and pieces on YouTube and stuff like that for the most obscure answers or the most ridiculous responses. But uh, yeah, I, I know what it's about. Yeah, well, it was it was quite sad and quite sudden as far as I thought. But he was eighty years of age when he died and died of uh, pancreatic cancer, and that doesn't mess around. That gets you pretty quick. So we, I was just sort of thinking about that and thought about well, once when I was cool, we used to watch game shows and we used to watch game shows that were on, um, you know, on the television of. Uh, you know, not not that we ever had any options, not like you'd go out somewhere and, and watch a game show and watch the live filming of them. I was always uh, cautious of whether they were actually truly live audiences because you never really saw them, but you heard them applaud and laugh on cue and uh, and that. And so, yeah, all the different game shows we used to watch. Yeah, look, the beauty, I suppose, back when uh, we were young whippersnappers uh, about 10, 12 years ago, hmm. uh, you know, the game shows, they were probably worldwide game shows, but it was always the Australian versions. So, you know, mm-hmm. the Australian versions of um, uh, like... Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Family. Wheel of Misfortune and Family Food. Yeah, those, mm. um, I think I said Family Food then instead of Family Feud. I thought you did it on purpose trying to be funny. No, no, I'm sorry. That was, oh, okay. uh, that was just me being a bit uh, uh, dyslexic and oh, okay. stuff. But, yeah, so it was an Australian, you know, so from my point it was more the Australian because mm. we didn't have the interwebs like we have these days. Yeah, and it's fortunate that we didn't try to recreate um, shows like Jeopardy because it was fairly unique, Jeopardy. And I remember that uh, my dad used to really love it. We we didn't get it. Well, I don't think we really got it come out in Australia until 
sort of early 2000s, maybe late 90s, early 2000s. My dad used to love, my dad always loved game shows, always loved sitting. He loved trivia and uh, any of those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, particularly like Jeopardy. Well, I think it was more sort of intellectual. It's not like some of the game shows these days where you have to do something ridiculous just to, you know, to, to get on and to win, you know, where, you know, you've got to take your life in your own hands or eat some sort of um, spider spawn or something like that. Well, that was one of the ones that was always popular were those mad Japanese game shows where they used to just seem to torture people just for the sake of entertainment and they would, you know, make them go through all these mad obstacle courses with electric shocks and um, eating all horrible sorts of urchins and stuff like that and they were always rather entertaining. But how the people didn't get hurt, well, they probably did get hurt, but it was always for, for our entertainment. And then it was the worst, cheesiest type of dubbing that you would have over the top. Well, it... I used to sort of like watching it um, occasionally without the dubbing. I have no idea what they're saying, but the show just always, the, the, the host always just seemed angry. And it was like you knew that they were going to get hurt because he was yelling at you, I want to, ah, want to ah! and it's like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Maybe that's how uh, they tell them that they care. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just didn't care really when, you know, they're running up a slippery uh, bit of foam. On, on a big slippery slide thing and trying to get a, a chunk of meat or something, you know. It's just it's just ludicrous. There is no no um actual goal in these games. It's well it was a bit like um like uh, what's that obstacle course game? Uh wipeout. It, it's a bit like um that, but they were sort of a, a more violent version with uh with no real sort of goals. You know, you had an obstacle course that no one ever seemed to get to and never seemed to get to the end. Um, I don't even think they worried about timing it. They just try and push it through as quick as you can, whereas Wipeout is, you know, the quickest people go through and whoever goes furthest. I, I think the um, – and uh, look, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dissing them. I'm not, um, I'm not disrespecting them, uh, their games, but it just seemed to me it was more about um, who, who could get – look like they're getting hurt the most or – you know who could who could lose the best. You know what I mean. Mm. So it was more the focus on that, and the oh. crowds just loved it. They yeah. were laughing and cheering. I used to think oh, that looks a bit looks a bit dangerous, um, but I'd like to have given a couple of them a go though. Yeah, well, well, fair enough, especially all the the electric shock sorts of ones. Um, So I guess one of the first ones that I remember, and I know that you were saying you only kind of uh, vaguely remember it, but the one that uh, probably springs to mind as the earliest version of the TV show that I used to enjoy was was called Blankety Blanks. And Blankety Blanks, the original series, I think it was in the late 70s, um, had Graham Kennedy on and Graham Kennedy, well-known Australian comedian who's since passed on um, and used to have a lot of different panellists on there. And it was a bit like Celebrity Squares where uh, they would have um, the nine people in the various boxes and uh, was it nine or was six? No, they weren't in the boxes. They were in two lines of... Um, two lines of contestants, one at the front, one at the, well, you know, one right mm. the front, one at the back. And uh, they would usually ask a question that was fairly risque and it was fairly, um, you know, misleading. And uh, they would come up with the, with the rudest sort of answers that they could get really. And you've got to think that back then the, the level of rudeness, we wouldn't even bat an eyelid to, but it's more probably... The what they said about 
different. It's it's more how they spoke. So they were more racist in their comments, and they were yeah. more yeah. they were more bigots. Uh, they were more uh, bigoted and more sort of uh, that um, misinformed. Yeah, misinformed, and, and you know always. Uh, yeah, politically incorrect. Let's call it politically incorrect. Well, I mean, I guess the standard has changed for what was acceptable then. I mean, it was acceptable then, certainly not acceptable now and would never make it onto the air. But funnily enough, uh, whilst it was quite risque and quite rude, um, Graham Kennedy, the version, that the series that he did, I think only went for one series and then it was followed on by... Um, Another series about 10 years later with Daryl Summers, they gave it another reboot. I don't think it was nearly as successful as the original. And then they had another go again probably 10 years after that in the mid-90s and Shane Bourne, the Australian comedian, I don't know if you remember him, he sort of yep, yep. a bit of a go on um, Hey Hey It's Saturday as well. So it seems to be made by the people who make Hey Hey It's Saturday. And um, it, I don't remember the, uh, the the later incarnations. I only remember the Graham Kennedy version. Um, and, and there were some, some relatively well known um, comedians usually or celebrities of the time in the late 70s as they were that were on it. But I certainly remember that uh, there was ugly Dave Gray who used to sit there and always be smoking a cigar and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a glass of scotch or something like that in his hand at the time as well. Probably a bottle underneath, I'd have no doubt. <laughs> but it's a, it's a bit like most of the shows. There was always an overtone. Uh, back in the day, you used to have it. Was it Pick a Box with um, Burton Patty Newton? Was also oh yes, yes, something was like al- that. Yeah, it was always some sort of overtone in 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 any of them, even in uh, you know, which we'll get on to is uh, like Sale of the Century. There was always some sort of overtone in it. And if you if you look at some of the game shows, and the biggest example these days is eight out of ten cats does countdown. Um, <laughs> you know they're, 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 not really, they're not nearly not, as subtle in that. No, there's no overtones. It's just it's hitting you with a sledgehammer. But, and I love I love how people and even so but even so eight out of ten cats does countdown um even eight out of ten cats the original show itself. Um it is still sanitised because, I mean, we've been to see Jimmy Carr live a few times and it's quite obvious that the persona that he has on TV is very much uh, dressed down as compared to what his live show is like. And if if you uh, want to know what Jimmy Carr is really like, there's plenty of Netflix specials that have his shows on there, but beware, it's not one to watch with the kids and probably not one I'd be watching with, with your partner or your loved one because there's, there's some pretty uncomfortable statements that he makes. And I remember one of the episodes, one of the uh, we, we've been to see one him of the shows. One of three, we, 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 we seen him three or four times. Three or four, yeah, yeah. And I remember in one of them, the the <laughs> um, the older lady and her adult daughter sat down to watch it, and I think they lasted about ten minutes before they got up and walked out because it's just pure filth. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, and and uh, you know when he was talking about. Uh, uh, when we were actually in his show and they had the people in front of us and he was trying, you could just see they stopped laughing. They were very uncomfortable. The shifting in the seat and mm. I, were, I was still just losing myself in mm. it. I think it was just great. And I think we were looking at each other thinking this is awesome mm. and because um, we knew what to expect and, yep. and I, I had an expectation. He lived up to it fantastically. Mm. Um but there are a lot of people around that were very uncomfortable. And I think for me that was half the fun. 
Mm. Yeah, and it's always good, though, at those live shows to make sure you're not in the first two rows because he does talk to the audience, as do most comedians. It's always, mm. uh, unless you're prepared, you're that sort of extrovert that likes to be there. It's it's worthwhile not being in the front two rows if you can help it. Mm. So anyway, moving on, you mentioned Sale of the Century and Sale of the Century that I remember was hosted by Tony Barber and it went for about 10 years as while he was the host there. So it went from the 1980 to 1990 sort of um way there and it was it was it was a different sort of thing completely it was the the three people on the um three people on the the game show on the panel however you'd want to call it and they'd ask the question and they had to push the button to answer as quickly as they can and that was probably one of the more um the more formatted style and the format that you tend to see nowadays is three three contestants as uh, um, answering the questions as quick as they can yeah, look, and for for me, it was it was a bit of a mix of a game show because you had uh, the three panels. He'd ask them, so it was your standard sort of game show. But then you had, I, I think it was Delvine Delaney, who used to they used to have the nine boxes, and yep. you know they'd come to the. And I mean, how many times? How many times have people gone? Um, what is my name? And you, you're going Tony Barber, mm. you know, and you're yelling out at the TV or. Um, you know, you, whoever won that, you'd get to pick the box and, you know, you might get $25 or you get a prize and it was celebrity heads and you'd pick one. But the other side of it was you'd be able to, you know, bet some of your money and purchase um, whoever was in front, be able to purchase uh, prizes halfway through it. Yeah. And then at the end they'd go through and you'd be the carryover champion. So the carryover champion, I think it was like seven days if you were – I can't remember, and please don't hold me to that. But Yeah, because it was a graduated thing. If you won one night, you got this prize. If you won the second night, you won the next prize. And you could buy out at that point. You could say, okay, I'm not going to go on or I've only just won tonight, so I'm going to take the whatever I've won plus the two nights before and, and not come back. And then if you were the grand champion, I think you won the big cash prize, didn't you? Or cash a prize. Or something. So you, I think you got to the end and you could take all the prizes or then you get to the, the money. But mm. I, I think most of those games are strategically um, poised to, um, you know, if you got to, to the end and you're going for the, you know, the grand champion, they'd seem to bring on a mm-hmm. professor of um, duck artistry or mm-hmm. um, some sort of um, physics uh, or astronomer or something like that. Mm. So I think they had levels of people. You'd have some people that would sit there and, you know, they mm. probably uh, they appeared yeah. that they didn't have two brain cells no, to run together. Plants that would put them in. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the people, yeah, who did nothing, who uh, I think each question was worth $5 or something like that. Yep. It would build up. And I don't think anybody ever, um, you know, there were people that never, you know, answered four questions because you started on $20 yep. and then you either went forward or backwards. And there were plenty of people that got down to zero and never got off there again. Because didn't they go negative? I think they actually went negative, below zero. I don't know if they did. They possibly did. Um, but, yeah, it was um, – it, it, look, and it was it was iconic in our house. I think it was on a 7, seven o'clock every night. 7 o'clock. On yep. channel – one of the channels, one of the, um, uh, the free nine, channels. I think. I think it was yeah. channel 9. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but it was on no, every channel night. Channel 10, I think. Five, four or five nights a week it was on and we, yeah, five we nights. used to have it on. It was one of the shows that was on every night. Couldn't say the same. Oh, well, Jeopardy was in in, um, in later years, but that was well and truly after I moved out. But there's no other game show that was on that routinely every night. 
No, and I think you could set your, your clock by seven to seven thirty, and I think it was set at that time. Look, it was it was um, a good show for for common knowledge too. You know, occasionally you'd get an answer right, and you think you were the smartest person. You know, in the universe, or well, for me, I just thought I was the smartest person in the house, which mm-hmm. wasn't hard. But <laughs> setting a low target, and, yeah. and interestingly, the amount the the highest money winners in there were, um, you know, six six hundred and seventy five thousand. What I'm looking at is the number one. We, when you look at some of those other game shows these days, it doesn't seem like a, a lot, but I imagine that in 1990 it was quite a quite an amount. Well, I wouldn't have minded having six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in nineteen ninety. I wouldn't mind having it now. Yeah. But um, after Tony Barber, he went till nineteen ninety-one, and from there, do you remember who the next person was? And I'd forgotten oh. until I just looked at this now, and looking at the the source of all truth that can't be wrong, Wikipedia. I'd forgotten about. Um, it was a blonde dude, wasn't it? A blondie dude. It was. Uh, I don't know. Glenn Ridge. Oh, Glenn Ridge. There and he, he hosted it for just as long. He hosted it for 10 years as well till 2001. Yeah, well, there you go. Hmm. He he probably wasn't as, uh, oh, I'm sure he was just as good for it to last 20 years. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're probably right, yeah. No, I'm actually right. I'm reading it here and it's from, like I said, the oracle of all things true. But interestingly enough, I hadn't heard of Tony Barber for years until we I moved down to Tasmania about three years ago and suddenly he's doing ads for um, retirement living villages. Down in Tasmania? Down in Tasmania, yeah. No, oh, There well, you go. There's anyway. only, what, two of those down there, isn't there? With the no, population. No, mate, the, no the, mate, the place is full of old people, old retiree type people. They're, they're everywhere. So mm. the next one, um, which was a different sort of game show, it was probably along the, the lines of uh, Wipeout, and that was It's a Knockout. Ah, uh, It's a Knockout. It was a Saturday uh, night thing, and I think it was right. Yeah. I don't know if it was on before because, um, Sail- uh, not Sailor Century, um, what was the one we did? Hey, hey, it's Saturday. It was on later, and it's a knockout. I seem to remember was always on at about six o'clock, and you had the four yeah, teams and people. People wore all different colours, so you had like a bit like the Wiggles, but they were teams, and you had I think red, yellow, green, and blue, or something like that, and they used to um, face off against each other and get knocked out as they went. Hence the term. It's and a knockout. A lot of water, water yeah. torture things. Yeah, I, I remember the big giants in it. Do you remember that? The big. Giant things, uh, that's what I remember in it, you know, all the games. Then they had the big giant things where they have to try and run a certain distance and they'd be wearing the – so it was like, I don't know, it was like a Trojan horse but it wasn't a horse, it was a dude. So it was a big um, – but, uh, yeah, it was – I don't remember that. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, that's all right. Maybe it was just um, my early days of experimenting with drugs, I don't know. Um mm. <laughs> Anyway, um, not that I do, and I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, what what I remember about it to me, it was the ultimate sort of team sport. It was, and you you know, you'd get a bunch of young people together, and you'd have to pick who would be going on different um, different various games. And and you're right, there was a lot of water sports. I think there was like that mm. big sort of. Um, sort of running the gauntlet type thing as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 like an, uh, an obstacle course type thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't even remember what the prize was. Oh, I think it was that's what they did. It was states. It was state-based. Sorry, I'm just reading yeah. about it now. The teams were divided into Australian states, New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia. There you go. Yeah. And they used to, and that's why they had the different colours. Right. Yeah. So, 
Well, there you go. Oh, I forgot, totally forgot about that as well. No, no, I knew it was a team spot, yeah, and it was hosted by Billy J. Smith, the great Queenslander right. that he was. Yeah. Yes, it was. And it, it, um, as with all those game shows, I always had your um, standard, uh, I think, blonde or brunette there that's, you know. It was uh, Fiona McDonald, Jackie McDonald's sister, who was uh, Jackie yeah. McDonald was one of the original uh, girls hey, hey, on Saturdays. Hey, hey Saturday. I think she might have been the original. Yeah, I think she was. Um, happy to be told different, like mm-hmm. always. I'm used to that. I've been married for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's also one of those iconic things. I think it was sort of you'd watch that, then you'd watch Hey Hey Saturday. Even when it was old enough to go out and go, go to the pub, you'd sort of watch those things uh, and, then, and then sort of go out. So it was sort of, you know, the early teenage years and then you'd sort of get into that later teenage years. Mm-hmm. Most of them sort of died out in the, to me, those, the game shows, mm-hmm. like, like those sort of died out towards the 90s. Yeah. I think there were different games that were up and down. I think um, Who Dares Wins, all of those type of things where... Well, they got to they'd be that little bit more extreme and it was more of a reality type show, whereas these ones were like genuine game shows where you had to actually, you know, it was one and done. It was one episode and it was all done from there there and, you know, said and done. And Gladiators and things like that. Remember Gladiators? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so, sort of a reality, but it was you know, person v. person sort of thing. Yeah, it was sort of a survival of the fittest. Another one that I remember that was always fairly popular was The Price is Right, where they would have, what was the catchphrase there? You said it to me the other day. Come on down. That's the one. So they'd pick out someone's name on it and they'd, then they'd come running down. They had to always come running down the stairs while trying not to trip down the stairs but yet swinging their arms in the air wildly as if they were so excited. I love the fact when, you know, two people had run down because their name was John Smith and Joan Smith, you know. <laughs> Joan Smith, come on down. And two people would be getting there and they're looking at each other going, no, no, it was me. No, no, it was me. And then someone had to go back. I mean, you'd hate to be that person who was going back. Haven't yeah. been excited, high fiving people. They'd be yep. wanting those high fives back. Yeah, yeah. You know, back with low fives. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was another one that seemed to be uh, be around for a while. It was around for quite a, a few years. Do you remember who did the original version of that? I, I want to say Ian Turpy, but it was yeah, Ian Turpy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, with a big, big, um, big hanging moustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. And then um, after he was offered, it made a reboot again and Larry Emder was the, the person that oh, they, they yes. kept sort of bringing him back every so often. Um, oh, I quite like Larry Emder. I reckon he's uh, I reckon he's quite good. I don't mind him at all. But, yeah, he was uh, he was in the next sort of version. I think he probably did more shows than Ian Turpey. It seemed to run for a lot longer. But he was eternal there for a while. He was in everything. I think he was even in the Humphrey B. Bear suit at one point. I have no doubt about. I've no doubt about that. But that that to me was um, was a pretty good game show because you then had to try if you got there and you got the closest number to what the prize was, which you know might have been a microwave and a jug. You know these days it's only like twelve bucks, mm. but um, back in the day it's like three hundred and eighty three dollars. Yeah, and you you had to rank them. You got like fifteen things, and you had to rank. And then there are all these people in the audience shouting out everything. And the person trying to rank them in order of their price was turning around looking like she could actually understand or she or he could actually understand what the person was saying. 
I think they were trying to look back for their loved ones and so, so you know, <laughs> you'd be going, you just wouldn't want to get, if you're a bloke up there and your wife was yelling, you just go with it because if it was wrong, even if you knew it was wrong, you'd still go with it because it wasn't worth it. Mm. But, but uh, um, you know, they'd have then at the end, I think, you know, a big, a big shot and they'd have to then rank, rank the, the big prizes down to the small prizes. And you'd be there going, no, no, you'd be on there going, no, that'll be above that. Mm. And, you know, they might have a, a sound system and you think, you know, there's a, a price across there and you think, oh, that'd only be like $900 and that I'd be like $9,500, mm. you know. Cause then they'd, it, have a, they'd have a boat that was always always a boat and you could never figure out where it went. Yeah, and it was like it was at the boat of the car. Most people would go the car, but mm. usually the boat was maybe gold-plated or titanium-plated mm. back in yep. the day. And the car was made of asbestos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> asbestos and 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 only one um, gerbil that ran yeah, the engine. won't burn down. No. But um, it was, again, it was a bit of an iconic um it was a bit of an iconic show. I think, you know, looking back at, at, at these shows, to me it was, like you said, it was one shot, one deal, that's the game. Mm. It's not a reality-based game and you don't have to be you don't have to be an elite athlete to do it. Come on. Let's no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was within the reach of the common man. Yeah, because I can tell you if there was an athletics one that I had to probably go into today, uh, you know, I'd be like, mm, yeah, no thanks, I'll just watch from the side. Like, um, Get wheezy uh, thinking about it. Oh, I've got chest pain talking about it, but, uh, you know, I'll live. Um, I get chest pain walking out to the mailbox. Mm. Um, you know, it's like an Australian ninja. I'd like to think in my head I could do it. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. In my head, I like, I, I can slam dunk basketballs mm. uh, uh, on a full-size basketball court I'm talking mm-hmm. about, not, right. not like a child one. No. But, but reality is, yeah, that you're right, it's – Common man can't do half of these these games. At least back yeah. there when you had to use your brain, you know, you could be, you know, 200 kilos and still use your brain, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just couldn't run down the stairs as quick because you bowl everyone over. It'd be a bit like um, the scene in Indiana Jones when the when the rock rolls down <laughs> At the beginning, it. yeah. Mm. Um, Without the pygmies throwing spears at you at the end. Well, you never know. And yeah. the other one, uh, the probably the last one I want to talk about, and different game show again is taking a different tact, and that was uh, the, the game show of love, and that was Perfect Match. Yeah. We, we talked about Perfect Match in another episode. I can't remember, either dating or something like that. Yeah, it was the dating game or something mm. along there we talked about. But to me that was just, look, over the years and when you go back through even the the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all through there was always some sort of game that was, you know, there was the, the marriage game where, you know, they'd have to say, you know, they'd get newlyweds and the newlywed game where they'd go, where would you say that your your first, um, you know, you first kissed or you first did X, Y and Z and then they'd have to try and guess where it was or the right answer, uh, you know, what's your, what's your partner's favourite pair of underwear, uh-huh. you know. Um, yep. And some of them, some of the answers, if you have a look at the old stuff from the 70s, um, on if you get a chance on YouTube, mm. some of the answers are just, just horrific in, in terms of what they're saying. Well, they seem to be pretty popular in the US. I know I, they were never popular out here because um, the US shows just sort of weren't, especially game shows. But they were, they were you know, they had the dating games and the dating game and a couple of other different ones. 
But um, the one that we had out here, which was Perfect Match, which seemed to be the more successful of the ones they had, um, probably more than Blind Date and um, whatever the other one was, was um, was Perfect Match. And uh, it was originally hosted by Greg Evans mm. um, and seemed to do pretty well. I mean, I know a lot of people sort of, I think I was probably a bit too young for it because I was only sort of just in high school when it was on and uh, sort of around the early 80s. But, um, yeah, it, it seemed to be a fairly big thing. And then they had that cheesy robot on it as well that used to... Talk, uh, used to the percentages. Speak. Yeah, the percentages. And like I said, I think in the, the last time we talked about it, I think the percentages were just based on, you know, one of those little... Um, things that you make that you go count to seven and you go one, two, three, four, you know, the little train. Oh, yeah, pick a colour, pick a yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. And then um, it, you open it up and says you smell or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, or it was like when you put your name and then you put loves and then you put somebody else's name underneath and you cross off all the ones in 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 common and it comes up with a, comes up with a percentage of how much <laughs> likelihood you are to, um, to, to end up together. I think that's how Dexter worked because there didn't seem to be any, even me as an adolescent could see that there was no anything in it. No, and I think... No science, I should say. Look, I, I don't know if people have had the opportunity to watch more rats and, you know, they've got a, basically a copy of that sort of show in the game of more rats and I think it just turned into uh, a, a debacle and that's what I was really always hoping would happen on those game shows. Mm. Uh, the disappointment in some of the people when... <laughs> when they come around the corner and see who yeah. they'll match with. And then they see the other two, you know, scrumptious dudes or babes yeah. over there. And then you've got one person with half an eye and, you know, um, you know, a, a half a limb missing. And they go, oh, you could just see the dis- the pure disappointment on their face. And then- I like when they used to bring them back because they used to have, yeah, I can't remember, they used to have the first, half of the, sh- the yeah. first half of the show they'd have a dude picking the girls and then the second half they'd have the chicks picking the dudes. And in between they would bring a couple back to see how it went. And it was always classic when one of them said, oh, yeah, it was magical, we really liked each other. And, uh, 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 and the other one went, no. Nah. No, not going to work for me. <laughs> no, I found love with. And someone. now both watching it on the video for the first time. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, I am. Um, I I found love, but it wasn't with Barry that I went with. Mm. <laughs> it was with Juan Julio that I've met uh, while I was over there. Yeah, and I mean that's and that was uh, you know that was always fun. One, you just you just see the disappointment and the disappointment of them saying you're going away on a holiday to this really romantic spot and you just see them going, oh, oh good, I, I'm hoping the plane crashes before I get there sort of thing. So, Or I hope I get um, polio so I don't have to go. So, <laughs> there uh, it is. Haven't bought it there it is. I know. Yeah, there, I it is. there it is. Polio's back. Yeah, yes. So, so anyway, mate, um, that's the game shows. It's certainly different to the ones we've got these days. I mean, I, I can't really I, – I don't mind watching game shows, but I just sort of cringe when I watch them. I can't watch the the, um, the millionaire ones because they seem to be, you know, easy question, easy question, easy question, and then hit them with, you know, what's the population of Chile and name them. Um, you know, one of these impossible type questions. Juan. <laughs> Juan. There's Juan there and his name's Juan. Right. And, um, uh, and my, the, other, the other one is with those people who just seem to be obligatorily mean to um, to everybody where you've got a where, – where it runs down the thing and you have the peop, four people standing there um, 
The Chaser. Oh, I've got no idea. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. The Chaser. Oh, yeah. Okay. On in the afternoon. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't yeah, I know the Chaser anymore. It just doesn't sort of seem to grab but, me anymore. And I think with binge binging TV on on streaming services makes it difficult as well. What I what I think's changed a lot is the game shows now are not just about prizes. Um, you've got game shows. And basically that's what they are. They're game shows like um, Farmer Wants a Wife or, um, you know, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and all of those. It's basically a game show that goes on for weeks. Mm. Um, and basically you you go and do little, um, uh, you know, your, your jaunts or whatever and then you've got to pick someone. So yeah. to me it's technically a game show because you're trying to win a prize at the end of it mm-hmm. um, and all those... Um, What's the ones from the UK, you know, like Love Island and all of those sorts of things? To me, they're game shows, but they've just got really dodgy prizes. Really dodgy people as well. well and it's dodgy. amazing the popularity of them. I, there's one place that I work at when um, it must, it might be The Bachelor or one of those sorts of ones where the one person, one person of one sex and all the others are the other one. And they draw out of a hat like a, a sweep, like the Melbourne Cup sweep, and everybody gets to pick somebody and they cross them out each week as they go and whoever gets the, you know, the last two standing wins a prize or oh. wins the money or something like that. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of it before, but this, yeah, they're, they're into it. Um, they've been doing it the last two years that I've been there. I just look at it and go, do you ever think about if you had to go on like The Bachelor, what kind of people would turn up and be there? <laughs> I'd, I'd, more watch, I'd more watch it to see their look of disappointment and abject yeah. horror as I walk through in a suit yeah. and they go, yeah. oh, my Lord, what, is, what have we signed up for? Yeah. And we signed up for free. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I sort of think. Who, who would I get? Would I get a string of these young, attractive uh, women <laughs> coming through, or you know, Mabel on a um, hopper, Mabel yeah. on a hopper frame get, coming get through? Some, some middle-aged boilers out there, just full of disappointment when they see me come through, swearing and carrying on because I couldn't get a car park, or was too hot, or my shirt was too tight, and I was trying to suck my guts in, or I'd eaten an ice block or something beforehand and spilled it all down the front of myself. Yeah, like, and, and and it's just yeah, when you meet them, you go, yeah, g'day, and the the be the disappointment. I'd love to see a show like that, like a real a real life, not you know the pristine, you know, uh, bachelors or you know, yeah, let's and, just cook. and all their all their rubbish um, occupations that they do. You know, none of them have got a job. They just either go to the gym and pump weights or drink water or whatever it is they do or, you know, try to be activists and things like this. And their jobs that they got, you just think, oh, my goodness. But you've got to read into them. Like, you know, if what do they call them at um, uh, Subway? A sandwich um, sandwich consultant? Technician. Sandwich section or something along yeah. those lines. And if I've offended anyone, yeah, no. so be it. Yeah, well, uh, oh, well. Howdy. But, howdy you, know, uh, you know, they come up with all of these jobs. They try and make a, a job that's um, like a, they used to call the old people who, uh, the people who would uh, do your bins, you know, the garbo, mm. the garbologist or something like mm. that, you know, so. They do. Um, James Corden does a um, a skit on one of his shows, and you can find it on YouTube um, of him dressed as Pennywise from It, um, going on one of these things, and he just hates everybody and has tantrums all the time. It's very funny. 
uh, that that'll be worth a watch. But, but I guess. Uh, yeah, so back to look. There's lots of things that I class as game shows, but people would class as TV that are on mm. these days. One of the ones I do like though um, from the US is whose line is it anyway? Yep. When Drew with Drew Carey and those mm-hmm. guys, I think that to me that instant um, humor and uh, you know to me as a game show, and it's not really a game show. I don't know what you'd call it, but to me, it's a bit of a game show. Anything like more, that. More like a variety, you know, yeah. hilarity type show. It's the same with, uh, like, as we said, 8 out of 10 cats and who um, would I lie to you and there's quite a few of those English ones as well. That QI. And-, and you wouldn't really call them game shows in that they've got celebrities on there and there's not so much in there's prizes to win. It's more for bragging, right? So a lot of them now have gotten out of the having to offer prizes so they've managed to keep it fairly cheap. But I reckon that the, the appearance fees of the comedians and the uh, the artists and those sorts of people on it would uh, would would probably offset their costs for it as well. So it's quite a good formula that they've got for really doing nothing. Mm. Oh, they're funny. Uh, I enjoy them. And and a lot of people wouldn't class them as game shows. They're more more of a, a reality TV. But really, at the end of the day, it's just a really long game show. Mm. And and I don't like to partake. All right. I don't know. Did we introduce Simon at the beginning of this? No, we didn't. And it's your fault because you actually blanked out until you said, and my friend, we. So, um, oh, it's my fault that the internet yeah, doesn't work right. Yeah, it is your fault. It is your fault. So over to, over to our good mate, uh, producer Simon, and sorry for the late, late um, uh, <laughs> intro. Yes. We'll call it an intro and an outro. Yes. Um, our producer Simon, who's getting us out there to your earballs every week. He's actually the man behind the other two. I wouldn't call us so much men, but... Mm. Or entertainers. Or entertainers. Yes. All right. We, thanks for that. We're going to cut it short. Well, I'm not going to cut it short. It's a long episode. So uh, thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us. Once for school podcast at gmail.com is where you can send us your feedback. Until then, we'll talk to you next time. We, thanks very much, Simon. We'll catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.